This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are 39 days away from the 2023 NFL Draft. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 26. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman, our general manager, who has more than 30 years of NFL experience, including a decade as the Vikings general manager. Today, a very special edition of Mock Draft Monday, in part because we're one week in free agency and rosters look a lot different than they did last Monday, but also because our schedule will be a little different this week. Rick and I are hitting the road and piling up on the old with the first pick RB, season pro days at Ohio State, Alabama, and Kentucky. And yes, we'll be podcasting from the road, so turn on alerts to get notified when those shows go live. As always, you can watch us live on YouTube at NFL on CBS, and please subscribe, leave us a comment, give us a thumbs up, and hey, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And look, we know you're on text threads about the draft with your buddies. Tell them to listen to with the first pick. All right, Rick, let's get to it. Mock Draft Monday. This is my mock draft that came out. Oh, before we get started, look at this. So I was looking at some of the comments from our, our recent video with Emory where we did running backs. And... Can you show the image, Debo, that, that got people so excited? I don't know if you can do that. But one of the comments was, here's the image, Rick. So it's me and Emery. And look at this guy who's been doing clearly doing some push-ups. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Rick's guns there. If you're not, it's a picture of Rick wearing the tightest T-shirt perhaps ever manufactured. <laughs> and then the comments, and I don't know if those are your family members or, or just fans. And uh, what did they say, Debo, in the comments? They said, can we get a measurement of Rick's arms? Geez, he's always in a suit when we used to see him in Minnesota. I didn't know he was so jack. Next comment. You are right. Rick's got some guns. <laughs> so, Rick, you're very popular for not only your uh, personnel opinions, but for your uh, keeping yourself in great shape there. Uh, what's yeah. your secret? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a, for my brackets because I think I have Florida Atlantic left. That's it. So <laughs> I know we're not advertising. It's already done, and we're moving on in life from the uh, March Madness brackets. So I've been uh, a little bit more productive on this side of it than uh, than the basketball bracket. Well, yeah, clearly. I mean, you, you've got people all all a flutter on, on YouTube about your workout regimen. Maybe that'll be an off season episode. It's we'll just a stress ball. So doing, yeah. 
squeezing a stress ball for 30 some years helps <laughs> clearly uh before we get to my mock draft which is a post free agency mock draft which came out on monday I had a quick question diva doesn't know about this but i think it's a good one rick and i want to get your thoughts on it and we'll see how detailed you you decide to go on this but our buddy josh edwards who does uh, some of the mock draft thursdays with us sent me this note and he said i'd be curious to hear how rick projected trade value for veterans and Josh goes on to say, I have no clue how to assess what DeAndre Hopkins and Aaron Rodgers and others like that should go for. And I think that's a, actually an interesting question because when Aaron Rodgers said last week, um, you know, he's ready to move on. Everyone said, oh, is it going to be a first round pick? It's going to be the, the the high first round pick. I think 12th or 13th or whatever, where the Jets pick is going to be something else. And that value is hard to assess. And I look quickly in 2014, you guys traded Percy Harvin. You got a first round pick a seventh-round pick, and a third-round pick in the next draft. And then in 2015, you guys traded a fifth-round pick for Mike Wallace, two veterans at different points in their career, obviously different value. So how do you assess like an Aaron Rodgers or DeAndre Hopkins at this point in their career when you're the trading team and you're the team looking to perhaps get those players? Well, I think you have to look at it differently than you did a few years ago, even back with those trades you just mentioned, because now uh, teams are helping pay the bill on Mm. some of these contracts. So – They could be working out a deal. Uh, For example, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's worth a first-round pick. He's 39 years old. Um, He's got a huge contract. Actually, his contract's, I think, holding up both teams on being uh, players in the free agent market. But let's say Team A says, I'll pay, okay, Aaron Rodgers is making $50 million. I'll pay the half. Okay, so I say, I would say, if I was a team trading for Aaron Rodgers, that, okay, that's probably worth a third-round pick that can accelerate to a second-round pick if he makes these thresholds during the season. But the more I have to pay as a team trading for the player, let's say I have to pay 80% of that, then I would lower the draft pick. So a lot of times you're not only dealing with, and this is most recently as because of the size of the contracts and everything, you're not only dealing – just with draft compensation, but a lot of it will depend on how much a team uh, is willing to take part of the bill on. We did a trade a few years ago. Uh, We could only afford minimum. Uh, The player was making two and a half million dollars. I told the other general manager that we will take him on, but we can only afford minimum. You're going to have to pay the rest of the freight. Uh, And if we do that, we can give you a fourth round pick. And we ended up working that, working it out that way. So gotcha. A lot so of like, times you got to negotiate the, the contract part of it too. And if the other team's willing to take uh, some of that load off that contract. Gotcha. That makes sense. Great answer, Rick. Great start to the podcast. Great start to Monday. All right, let's get to the, the first 10 picks here and see where we stand. So there was obviously the, the real life trade. We did a, an emergency podcast on it where the Panthers moved up from nine all the way to one. And then I had three other mock draft trades in this thing. Which uh, just to, to to spice things up a little bit because why not? Why not confuse you more than I already do? At the top, Panthers me, go, me personally, is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, <laughs> trying to get you discombobulated there. <laughs> so the top, the Panthers take Bryce Young. That hasn't changed from my last mock draft. Uh, Can what, I ask you just real yeah. quick? Why are you going with Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud? Uh, so with the Panthers pick, yeah. What's so the I, reasoning behind that. We've talked these quarterbacks to death throughout the, the course of this podcast, which started back in November. And I've, I'm going back now and watching the quarterbacks again. And I just can't get off how good Bryce Young is. I don't care about the size. I just watched the Kansas State, the, the game that you were at, the the bowl game. He was pretty good that game, wasn't he? 
So he started slow, right? He had a couple yeah. uh, misses early on, and then he caught fire. And his tape is like that throughout the season. And the, the worst game he had statistically, like the advanced metrics, is the LSU game. The LSU game was pretty good, too. So I keep coming back to that. I think C.J. Stroud's a really good player. I just watched the Michigan game uh, over the weekend, and and he made a lot of NFL throws in that game. He had two interceptions, uh, at least one interception that wasn't his fault. He had a touchdown dropped in the end zone that was right on the money. Uh, his tight end dropped it. So it's a it's one and one A, and you, you've talked about that, too, in terms of your rankings. But I, I think Bryce Young is NFL ready from day one. Uh, I like the coaching staff there, Frank Reich, uh, Caldwell, they got Thomas Brown from the Rams to be the office coordinator, I believe. So I feel like it's a good fit, a good system, and the infrastructure is potentially there, starting with the coaching staff, to get him hitting the ground running on day one. What do you think about that? Well, that's what I was asking because I just, you know, if you look at, at Bryce Young, and I was uh, at the Sugar Bowl watching that game live, and then I watched the tape on CJ in the Georgia game. The and mm -hmm. that was phenomenal. We had talked about it earlier that I thought that you started to see signs of CJ not playing so robotic or by the numbers in the Michigan game, and then that just carried over to the Georgia game. So that's why I thought he bumped up to 1B behind 1A. I still like Bryce Young uh, for the same reasons you do, um, but I'm still not sold on the Panthers not taking C.J. Stroud as of yet. We'll what find a, out this week. We'll have a pretty good sense of it uh, coming out of this week's <laughs> Pro Day tour. But let me ask you, though, about the Pro Day, and you've hinted at this before. I think the Harrison Smith story you told on uh, Rick's Picks, how you just ignored Harrison Smith after the All-Star game circuit or whatever it was. If teams are ignoring Will Levis, like the Panthers, for example, should we read anything into that or not? There's a lot of smokescreen out there. <laughs> I mean, everybody can read in the, the tea leaves, as they say. So... Who knows? I, I mean, there's so many things being reported out there, and it'll get worse the closer yeah. we get to the draft once these pro days uh, start to wrap up. But I don't, it's hard to say right now. But Will Levis is the one that seems to be the least talked about right now because you're hearing about Anthony Richardson. Everybody's talking about the two top guys. But Will Levis is kind of uh, – not been mentioned a lot, and it's almost like he's the fourth quarterback in this stacking right now. It feels uh, that way, but again, that's just the media perception. That's all we're in the uh, the echo chamber, as it were, and and I think that's part of the the problem uh, on one hand. All right, let's go to number two, the Texans. I heard they love Bryce Young before the Panthers traded up, and that the Texans were thinking about it. I don't know how far down that road they got. They clearly lost out to Carolina, so two have them taking C.J. Stroud, which feels like uh, one of those picks you just turn in ten seconds after. The Bryce Young pick is made, and then you know the, the NFL just runs filler for 15 minutes yep. uh, on television. You get the advertisement and get the the build up before they can turn the pick in. Right, but exactly. The card's already been written, probably once Bryce Young's off. So they got Shaq Mason to help with the interior. I'm looking here to see if some other guys they got on offense. Uh, Case Keenum, you know very well, will be a backup. Uh, hopefully, Robert Woods they signed as well, the wide receiver. So they're making moves. Uh, on both sides of the ball, but also an offense and obviously to prepare for a quarterback. I think C.J. Stroud feels like the pick, but again, we're having the same conversations as all the other media folks. So I don't know if Will Levis or Anthony Richardson fit in here. It feels like those would be stretches. C.J. Stroud starts right away, and, and then you go on with your next pick at pick 12 to, to help out C.J. Stroud uh, or the defense or whatever. 
Well, the, the biggest thing, just looking at some of the free agents that uh, that they signed, especially on the offensive side, I mean, they picked up Noah Brown from Dallas, Robert Woods, as you mentioned, um, but they traded away probably one of their best pass uh, catcher to Dallas and Brandon Cooks this yeah. week. So they're going to have to, as we looked about this and we talked about this, you take the quarterback first. I think that is even going to be a point of emphasis in their second uh, first round pick taking a receiver, but we'll we'll get to that. Oh, foreshadowing. That's the reason why you may be talking about them for sure taking a receiver uh, at the number twelve overall pick in this draft. Oh gosh, You're setting me up for failure here, Rick. All right, third, the Cardinals stay put. Although I would imagine their phones phones will be ringing off the hook if the quarterbacks go one and two. Um, you've made this point several times on the podcast. New coaching staff, new general manager. You're not going to do anything too crazy. And by that, I mean, Jalen Carter, you're probably going with the safest pick in the draft and Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, you have to. And then the other thing, they've been so inactive in the uh, oh, yeah. free agency. They've signed a couple of their own guys and they don't have a very good roster right now. Uh, they brought in uh, uh, White, the linebacker from Philly, who John G- Jonathan Gannon and Nick Brawless are the new defensive coordinator are familiar with. Other than that, they haven't done much. I'm kind of curious to see if, uh, DeAndre Hopkins ends up getting moved here uh, before or at the draft, similar to what we've seen uh, the Browns go, AJ and uh, Hollywood last year, respectively, to Philly and uh, Arizona. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But they've been kind of playing at real low key, uh, not making a lot of moves in free agency. So this is the surest, safest pick uh, to start rebuilding that roster. And then at four, the Colts stay put. And I had them taking Anthony Richardson instead of Will Levis. And, you know, there's a lot of mental gymnastics you can do to make that happen. Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger on the roster. They just signed Gardner Minshew. Again, so they have three backups. I would imagine one of those guys, maybe Nick Foles isn't around when the season starts. Who knows? Uh, Maybe they try to trade him or someone else. doesn't matter for the purposes of this conversation. But I I like the idea of, of Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson together. I like the idea of sort of fashioning that offense, what we saw Jalen Hurts do successfully, probably more so in 2021 than 2022 when Jalen Hurts took a huge step, it felt like. And and then you go from there and you see what happens. You're not in a great division. The Jaguars are clearly a lot better than they were. Um, Maybe Will Levis gives you more upside immediately. But again, I went back and watched the Georgia 2021 game with Will Levis. He was okay. Uh, I've watched the Ole Miss game again. That's the game he got hurt as as pinky or as, Ring finger was turned sideways on his non-throwing hand. I think he turned his ankle in that game as well. So it's hard to get a, a read on who Will Levis is based on a two years of tape. So I went with Anthony Richardson for the upside, and uh, fingers crossed it works out for Jim Mersey. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, that's close, but I can see your vision of Anthony Richardson being a bigger, more athletic version of Hurst. Um, but – Hurst, to me, was a little bit more accurate as a passer. Yep. Especially when he uh, was at Oklahoma, that seemed to improve. And he's improved his accuracy, I think, through his career so far with Philly. And that goes back to this conversation. Uh, And both of them have some head-scratching throws, both positively and negatively. Uh, But I can see you going with the Anthony Richardson upside because – he is a and can be a dynamic playmaker with his feet. Well, who would you take here? Will Levis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 
And we can change that, right? We still got how many more days? 39 days until the NFL draft. (laughs) There you go. You keep track of that. You're paying attention. All right. Pick five. Got our first. Oh, no trade yet. One more. Here we go. One more before we get to trades. I'm foreshadowing again. And this is just like last week as well. Seahawks are sitting here. Jalen Carter sitting here. Uh, they added Jerron Reed. They got Draymond, uh, Draymond Jones. I still think Jalen Carter is too good of a talent to pass up here. And I don't know what other direction you would go. Maybe edge rusher, but it feels a little rich with Jalen Carter sitting here. you have any version of this? Celebrate their uniqueness. That's Celebrate their uniqueness. That's what the Seattle Seahawks do. They're getting a heck of a football player. And if they can find the right buttons to push on this prospect, they'll have a future Pro Bowl player uh, in the defensive line. Right. And I'll just circle back on this. Geno Smith got the contract he deserved, and they have him. They re-upped Drew Locke, who's the backup last year. Does that indicate that Jalen, uh, that the quarterback is in a position of need at five? I think, yeah, un- unless, you know, the sky falls out and a C.J. Stroud or a right. Young come down to him. But I don't think they'll go quarterback this high. They may try to take a stab at someone in the later rounds, but it, as we talk about, it falls off. After this, but the one curious thing is that I don't know if he'll last, but the when does Herndon Hooker come into play for Seattle? Because the comparison I had was uh Geno Smith, the way he's playing now. Uh the Herndon Hooker. Let's be honest, let's be honest. When you when you met Hendon Hooker in person, you yeah. changed your opinion of him. You you really you liked him, but you really liked him once you got a chance to talk to him. Yeah, but I I, I still can't remember what he did on tape. So just because I like a guy more like I like you better than Pete, Thank but because you. <laughs> you're nicer, but you and know, taller. I still got to go off of what I see on tape or working <laughs> with you guys on the set. Yeah. No, Hinton Hooker's tape is good though. By the way, yeah. just so we're on the same page, the Seahawks pick fifth, they pick 20th and we'll get to that pick in a second, but they also picked 37th. So maybe that's a target for Hinton Hooker. If you're looking, uh, thinking about the quarterback situation, non-first round version. Yeah. All right. Now, Rick, I was a little early. Now I'm ready to talk about the trades. So the first trade, the Lions move down one spot. So the Raiders can move up one spot because the Raiders get a little, are getting a little nervous here. Will Levis is the only quarterback left on the board in terms of the top four. Uh, yes, they have Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo st- struggles to stay healthy. And if Josh McDaniels likes uh, Will Levis, it feels like a, a move to make one spot. So what do they get for moving at one spot? Las Vegas gets the number six pick. Detroit gets pick number seven. And then they, they get the 70th pick, 7-0. So they get a, a third rounder. So just for going up that that one spot, that's the price of poker for for a. What do you think about? Is that too rich for Will Levis? Yeah, no, that's yeah, no. I think to move, I would really hold firm and maybe try to squeeze him for another draft pick Ooh. or two. Oh, just because I know they're coming up for a quarterback, which gotcha. makes a difference. So if you know that team behind you is coming up for a quarterback, then go ahead and try to squeeze as much juice out of that lemon <laughs> as you can get. Let me ask you this in terms of gamesmanship and smoke screens. Let's say you, you have the the Raiders on the phone. And would you ever say, you know, let's say there's eight minutes left, so there's plenty of time. Would you ever say, I, I got to take this other call. I'll call you right back? No, I would say, are you taking an offense or defensive player? And see if they uh, they say, <laughs> see if they answer or not. And sometimes I've got the answer. Sometimes I didn't. Yeah, I guess at that point, what do you I have said, to lose? Yeah, because then you're going back and forth. Well, listen, we don't want to lose our guy. We have a guy here. Um, but as your guy, offense or defense, and let me know that. And if it's 
not what we're going to take, then I'll uh, go ahead and make the trade with you. But it's going to cost you a couple extra picks in the later rounds. Speaking of which, the Lions have done, they've been really active in, in free agency, the first week of free agency. And I keep having to update my my list and the mock draft because they, they even made changes on Sunday night. They got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Huge signing for them. Huge signing, and it affects my mock draft. And I'm, we'll hear about it later when they have their second first-round pick about how you feel about that. But they got Cam Sutton as well from the Steelers who can play inside and out. Now it feels like he'll probably play outside and CJ will play in the slot. Um, who else did they get here? They got, it's hard to they got San Francisco corner too. Oh, yeah, Emmanuel Mosley they got awesome. also. Yeah. Uh, John Kaminsky, they're up uh, along the uh, the defensive line. And they, are, they are doing it very slow and steady and patient, as Brad Holmes has always been through this, and they'll continue to pick away. I think they've made some tremendous moves, uh, got great value for the guys, especially to get uh, Johnson, or Gardner Johnson on a one-year deal, the number they got him at. So uh, – They'll just continue to to just layer on top of this, and it's uh, it's fun to watch and see how they're doing business. So, knowing that, and they have Aiden Hutchinson, the first round pick last year. They have Romeo Aquara. They have Charles Harris. They had uh, James Houston, who balled out last year as a day three pick and, and as part time pass rush duty. Still, I have them taking Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Long as the day is long, I'm making up phrases here. <laughs> is is there anywhere else you go besides Tyree here? Nope. Best player on our board and pass rusher. Never have enough pass rushers that never have enough corners. Well, that's good. I'm glad you said both those phrases because I'm going to bring up that phrase to you when we get back to the Lions pick later in the first round. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think Charles Harris and Aquara, their, their contracts might be coming up soon. Um, yeah. Aquara and Charles Harris, the final year, their their current contract. So you're adding depth there, and you're adding not just depth, you're adding special depth. Okay. Atlanta Falcons on the clock. So they let Isaiah Oliver walk last week. They did sign Kate Nellis, the edge rusher, hit seven sacks last year. They're hoping Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State makes a leap in his second year as an edge rusher as well. So knowing all that, knowing that Will Anderson and, and – um, Tyree Wilson just went off the board. I got him taking the best cornerback in Christian, Christian Gonzalez to, to, to pair with AJ Terrell. Yeah, I can see this. Um, they spent a lot of money re signing Lindstrom. They're taking care of that offensive line. I believe they, uh, they also reached a deal with McGurry, McGurry, McGurry yep. from, uh, their right tackle. Who's an excellent run blocker. Uh, so they're continuing to keep continuity on the, on their core players, but they're adding, as well. I think Ellis is an underrated pass rusher from New Orleans um, that, that that they got a great bargain on, and I think he will definitely help them. I don't think there's a – they need to get another corner. I still think they need another corner with a depth, and if you can get a Gonzalez paired up with A.J. Terrell, you're going to be pretty set at the corner position uh, for years to come. So Desmond Ritter – Obviously, last year's third-round pick, they signed Taylor Heineke. No quarterback conversation at this point, right? None. Okay. Pick nine. So, last week, I had the Bears taking, a, I think, an edge rusher, maybe Miles Murphy, because I was under the assumption that they might go crazy in free agency getting offensive linemen. They didn't quite go crazy on that side of the ball. Uh, they got Tremaine Edwin, Edmonds, excuse me, the linebacker, and TJ Edwards as well, the linebacker. They signed Robert Tanya, the tight end from Green Bay. They lost Riley Reef to New England. Uh, they lost David Montgomery as well, the running back. 
uh, to, to Detroit. Um, they did replace him with Dante Foreman, the running back who came from Carolina. But again, no offensive lineman to speak of. Nate Davis, the guard they did get. So there's yep. that one. But I said, you know what? Paris Johnson Jr. sitting right there. Left tackle, right guard the year before that. He has position flexibility, as we like to say. And if the plan is to protect Justin Fields, let's protect Justin Fields right now. So Paris Johnson Jr., ninth overall, off the tackle, Ohio State. Yeah, I could, I definitely can see this, but I may, uh, with the uh, trend going upward on Broderick Jones, who may have Ooh. a higher upside. Ooh, love it. Paris Johnson Jr., I can, I can see them going that direction as well. You know, they, they've been very active. And the one of the things that they had to improve was the offensive line. And Nate Davis is going to bring toughness to them. They added uh, four men from Carolina. Uh, Travis Homer from Seattle is another running back. They added that's a pretty good uh, number two back uh, going along with Herbert. Uh, so they are they are slowly piecing this together. I mean, they added the receivers with uh, DJ Moore. They, let, they traded for Last year, they traded for Claypool. Um, they still have uh, the little Mooney, uh, yeah. <laughs> the little slot receiver yep. that play outside. So only thing that I would probably, they went all in on linebackers with Edmonds and uh, with TJ Edwards, who I think is an underrated linebacker because uh, I thought he held Philly's defense together last year. Uh, Demarcus Walker, the pass rusher, uh, gives them some more ability, but I still think they need an edge rusher. And so I'm going to say that I can understand this. I can understand uh, the Georgia offensive tackle going here, but you have a defensive head coach. Last year, even though they mm -hmm. need offense, they went with all defensive guys early in the draft. And I could see them potentially going with another pass rusher uh, and especially if uh, Miles Murphy is on the board here. Yeah, so they have pick nine, pick 53, pick 61. And, I mean, you can make the case, Rick, that pass rusher at nine and then sort out the, the offensive lineman at 53 and 61 might be depth-wise easier to do. Right. But so if I, you can get a left tackle, that's a, that's a hard position to find, and it's not a deep left tackle class because I don't know if there's a true left tackle the rest of this draft class, unless you can name one uh, after Johnson and after uh, Jones. I'm going to say this just to get a, get a rise out of you. My guy, Blake Freeland on the BYU. Oh my God. <laughs> you put a couple bolts in his neck and send him out to Hollywood. He'd make a killing as Frankenstein. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that diva out of nowhere. All right. You mentioned the Eagles uh, a minute ago. Well, the Eagles are on the clock and they're picking at 10 and, they re-up Brandon Graham. It was a one-year deal. Uh, he's getting a little long in the tooth, as they say. And they have some other guys coming up. Uh, their contract's going to expire. Derek Barnett's up at the end of the year. Josh Sweats is, end up, is up at the end of 2025. And you just said it, Rick. You can never have enough edge rushers, so I'm taking Miles Murphy here, uh, even though there's there are other needs now, given the loss of Javon Hargrave. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is gone as well. Miles Murphy, 10 to the Eagles. Yeah, that's as a, this is a excellent pick if they go this direction but they also i mean they signed uh fletcher cox back which is a sh again another just a short stopgap. they don't have any depth at defensive tackle and this is the wild card in this draft uh and i'm going to say his name uh Brzee, you got it, you got it. Uh, 
is uh, who knows? He's been spiraling up, and he's a big athletic uh, defensive tackle that it's not a deep defensive tackle class. And uh, he has a chance to be a pretty good three technique, although I would think it would be a reach here for him, but he has a lot of upside. But this kid also has a lot of upside. He's not a totally polished product either. So I can see him going with either Murphy uh, because you don't have enough edge rushers, like I said. But where does the uh, defensive tackle market fall after uh, Brzee comes off the board? Yeah, Jalen Carter's gone. Yep. So let me ask you this. And we'll take a break. If you're the Eagles, you have at 10, you have Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, and our guy Brian Branch, safety, slot guy. Who would you take? I'm going to take the uh, pass rusher or the defensive lineman there. Okay. I'm going to come swing back and get a safety in the later rounds. All right. Let's pick one through 10. Let's take a quick break and we'll get to the rest of this mock draft. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, a quick reminder to smash, or if you prefer, ever so gently apply pressure to that like button because it supports the show. And as Rick tells me all the time, he's just trying to rub two nickels together to scratch out a living, support his family, help me help him. Okay, back on Earth. If you're watching live, hang out with us in the chat or comment. Uh, if you're watching after the show has aired. All right, Rick, we just did picks one through 10. Sound like to me, you love them all. That's great news. <laughs> you're getting better at this each week. I know. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And you're welcome. I got it. All right. Pick 11. See how you feel about this. The Titans are on the clock. One of my favorite players. Yes, he has short arms. No, I don't care about it. So the Titans added Andre Dillard uh, from Philadelphia. It looks like he's going to start. He never really panned out as a first-round pick in Philly. So I have them going with Peter Skaronsky here, who has position flexibility, even though he's never played inside, I don't think. But the short arms means that he has position flexibility. So you can try him at tackle. doesn't work. You can kick him inside and maybe move him to tackle in a year or two once other contracts expire. And they have a need here. I, I think they need to get a lot better in a lot of areas. It sounds like Ryan Tannehill is going to be back. Uh, Derrick Henry is still the centerpiece of that offense. Uh, they've had some departures, of course. Taylor Lewan's gone. What do you think about Peter Skaronsky here? Yeah, it's a to me, this is a no-brainer pick because you need help up front. They're going to run the football because um, that's what they're built to do right now unless that changes over the next couple of years as they evolve. But right now, they are run the football 
set up play action, but they want to control the time of possession, play good defense, and that's how they've won games. So to get a tone setter, I think this is the most physical run blocker in the draft besides Osiris uh, Torrance uh, from Florida, who we'll talk about down the road here. But this kid comes in, day one starter. I think if they would draft him, I think they would plug him in right at guard and, and just go. So is this the next uh, guard uh, from Indianapolis? Um, oh, yeah. God, I can't think of his name either. Uh, or the the one from Dallas. We can't think of any of these guys' names. No, the Yeah, but both of them. <laughs> tackles have moved in the guard. The rest what's, is this, what's the Colts guard? Yes, Quentin Nelson. Thank you. Golly. And Zach uh, Martin. There we Martin. go. We've been doing this too long. The good news is that, Rick, people on the internet won't care that we didn't know those names. They won't even say a word about it in the comments. So that's that's the encouraging thing. <laughs> we've right. got 10,000 draft names and 10,000 free agent names on our mind. And just trying to kick back and remember those guys uh, that are currently on rosters. Well, I, I, as always, thank the internet for being so forgiving. So I'm not worried about the, the blowback from that. All right. Pick 12. You prefaced it earlier. Given that they lost a wide receiver, no, 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 no. Well, let me give you, let me tell you the my backstory here. So the Colts, excuse me, the Texans have picked two, 12, and then they're on the clock at thirty-three. So we talked about the edge rush depth and where that might be. The wide receiver class isn't great, and I'll just read what I wrote because uh, that might tell my story better than I could just make it up. Jerry Hughes had nine sacks last season. He's thirty-four, entering the final year of his deal. They lost Okoronkwo. Uh, he had five and a half sacks last year. He's now with the Browns. Um, they did trade for Shaq Moore. We talked about that earlier with the earlier pick. And you mentioned Brandon Cooks is now gone. There's no wide receiver yet to be drafted. But this defense stinks. And Lucas Van Ness. So does their offense. So does their offense. Lucas Van Ness didn't start a game. We talked to him about this at the combine. He's been asked that question a million times. But the upside is through the roof. It's maybe higher than Miles Murphy, maybe in that same area. We'll find out in the next three or four years. But Adam picking edge rusher here with the understanding that they're going to pick again to pick 33. Yeah, I, I could see edge because, again, you're always going to go with the uh, position that can have a major influence on an outcome of a game, and that can be pass rusher. You can put them into that area. Although I just think Johnston is just mm. so unique after the catch for his size. I mean, we've talked about it. Big receiver that moves like a small receiver, understand the drops understand the that there is so much upside there but can he affect the game more than a lucas van ness so when you're in these draft meetings and i'll ask you this we need we don't have any receivers right we got nico collins is he still if he's still there i know we just traded cooks i couldn't tell you that anyone else on that roster i'm going to draft either cj stroud or bryce young who am i going to throw the ball to right Uh, you know and I think that if you get another young receiver like a Johnston from TCU at this pick, um, you can swing around at that. What you talk about their 30, what's their second pick, second round pick? Yep. So can you get an old Smith there? Can you get a, a Oja? So is there some going to be some pass rushers there where, hey, I know the receiver thing kind of falls off. There's going to be a lot of receivers. But this is an opportunity to maybe get a playmaker that can have a major impact uh, on a game. So 
Um, and who knows what he'll turn out to be, but he's the best and the highest ceiling receiver in this draft, in my opinion. You make a compelling argument. You mentioned Nolan Smith. You mentioned B.J. Ojolari, Keon White. I mean, so, okay, sold. You're pretty good at this, Rick. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, reason. I, this is a good pick, but you got to you gotta kind of look at the bigger picture. You're, you, like, hone in on one slot, and then you just – I fall in love. Big picture. I fall in love. You know, that's that's one of my I love too much. That's one of my flaws. Uh all right. You can love, but love the big picture too. Not this the small like uh like this. You you have vision like this. You gotta have it wide like this. I'm watching the game through a straw, as the scout once described it to me. All right, here we go. Pick 13. You're a guy. This looks like one of your new crushes, by the way. Broderick Jones off its tackle, have him going to the Jets. Who knows where Mekhi Becton is going to be in the fall? Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he can contribute. Uh, but if Aaron Rodgers is coming and they still have this pick the Jets do, offensive tackle feels like a pretty easy selection here given how good that defense has been. Yeah, no-brainer. Whether it's uh, Roderick Jones or Paris Johnson Jr., one of the two, they have to get a left tackle. Uh, they just can't rely on uh, the big boy from Louisville yeah. uh, who has been uh, major durability concerns since he's been in the league. Yeah, were there There's an example of a one-year wonder when he came out? Mm. He was so 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 this senior year, or junior, whenever he came out. I went down and scouted him, and uh, all of a sudden, it's like, who this is this guy? But it was a lesson that got him drafted in the first round. But he went back to what he was before because he was only you know we talked about, and I don't want to label you know, these one-year wonder guys, but it does raise a red flag and not to go down a different rabbit hole, but uh, is your uh, receiver from Tennessee who you love also? Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, uh, one-year wonder. Does You know, I always have a little bit of a concern if they're just one-year wonder guys. Yeah, fair enough. And to Jalen Hyatt's credit, he told us this when we talked to him at the Combine. He said he didn't have an opportunity to start. There were injuries in front of him, Cedric Tillman, and he took advantage of that opportunity. So that's the you know the glass half full approach. But I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, so all right, earn a spot and go go play. There's a okay. Yeah, go ahead. You you you. I'm I'm not agreeing with your argument. There makes no. Oh, sense. Oh, good. Thank you. I mean, this has been a great Monday for me, Debo. All right, pick fourteen. Patriots are on the clock. So. They were busy in the first week of free agency. They got Riley Reef. We talked about that. They got Mike Isecki, the tight end from uh, Miami, and they moved on from John New Smith. They got Juju Smith-Schuster, the wide receiver from Pittsburgh right away Kansas City. They added running back James Robinson, and they re-upped cornerback Jonathan Jones. I still think they need help at corner. I mean, there are other directions to go here, perhaps wide receiver, but to a lesser degree. Who's going to be their offensive line? Who's going to be their tackle? Right side or left side? Are you telling me that Riley Reef is good enough to be a starting left tackle? And no, I'm not they, telling you that. He's a starting right oh, tackle. Are you saying that they filled that need with Riley Reef? The right tackle need? I think so, yeah. Isn't that why you signed him to start? Mm, I don't know. Okay, Trent yeah, Brown. So he's been, and we had Riley. And first of all, one of the toughest human beings I've ever been around. Uh, again, another Iowa Typical offensive lineman, smart, tough, competitive, will fight to the end every snap that he's out there. His body's starting to break down. I don't think he has left tackle ability. Uh, I think he's going to be on the right side. But do you draft a right here, potentially, 
keep uh, uh, who, who their other left Trent, tackle. Trent, Trent, Trent Brown's Brown. left tackle now. Yeah, so keep Brown or if uh, Paris Johnson or if Broderick Jones falls, do you take one of them at your left side and move Trent Brown over to the right side? But I still think they have to look at potential tackle here. All right. Well, both those guys you mentioned are gone. I had him going, Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State, who we both liked a lot. Didn't run as fast as he wanted to run in the combine. That d- doesn't concern me, but um, maybe it concerns teams. But anyway, cornerback here because the two left tackles that we talked about are are long gone. Yep. But I don't know if uh, if all of a sudden a right comes into play here because he's been from Tennessee. The right, right. tackle has been uh, – ascending through this draft process and upward in this uh through this uh pre-draft process any conversations trying to talk yourself into darnell Wright going back to left tackle if you take him here because he played there year before last we always looked at it when you're talking about these guys okay he was average as grits as you as you like that saying (laughs) i do like it (laughs) so if he was a fifth, sixth round talent or fourth, maybe when you watched him at left tackle, all of a sudden he moves to the right side. Now we're talking about as this example, top 15 pick. Why would you take a player that played so well on the right side and move him back over to where he's get it. on the left side? You where you draft these guys, you want them to come in and line up and play, but play them where their best position is. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But just because the left tackles are gone, I don't know if you even entertain that, but I, I understand doing what's smart and not what you think is going to be magically fix your team. All right, let's go to pick 15 here. The Packers, I'm just going to keep doing it until it happens, Rick. So I may be doing these contracts for 50 years and I can't wait to hear. Uh, let me give you my reasoning before you, you rip your wig off and throw it at the camera. Okay. So Alan Lazard's gone. Randall Cobb's probably going to be gone soon. Along with Mercedes yeah. Lewis, all going to the jets. Robert Tanya's gone. We just talked about that. They have Christian Watson, who's a tall wide receiver and fast. We know he's a sprinter guy. Romeo Dubs is, is a bigger wide receiver who can run a little bit. And my guy, Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC, I have him going here even though the Packers refuse to draft wide receivers. And I know he's slight of frame. He's 173, 5'11", ran a 449, but he can play inside and out. I know you think outside might be an issue because of the size, but he was routinely toasting guys in both the Pac-12 and the ACC. So I have him going here as another weapon for Jordan Love, um, assuming Jordan Love's a quarterback in a few months. Well, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let me put it this way. I'll be <laughs> politically correct and just say I respect everything and all the hard work you do on this podcast and the effort and energy you put into these mock drafts. But some of them are just like a Anthony Richardson head-scratching throw. Why did he throw it there? Okay, well, let, let me ask, would you take Quentin Johnson here? Well, if I was going to take a receiver, which I can understand your argument, uh, what about uh, Smith and Jigba? Because he's I big, don't hate it. Uh, he's bigger. He had a phenomenal combine. He was the quickest out of any receiver in the shuttles. We still don't have right. 40 time on him. May, we may get that on Wednesday, and let's say he runs four fours. As all of a sudden, would you switch – uh, Smith and Jigba out for Addison. I'm smiling, Rick, because that y- y- what you're saying to me is what happens in the media 
when these protests happen. But it also sounds like it happens in the NFL. You know everything about Smith and Jigba didn't play last year. You're concerned about his speed, and then he runs a four four two at the at the pro day, and you're like, okay, well he's fast enough. Even though we've watched every single rep he's taken, I don't know why that changes your opinion. But it sounds like to me that would change your opinion, right? I'm not saying it doesn't change my. We're not saying that he wasn't like a seventh round pick <laughs> the first round. Right. The biggest concern was a hamstring. And right. apparently he checked out okay at the combine. No one, I haven't heard any reports about him failing a physical for his yeah. hamstring. So, but if he was completely healthy and had the same year that he had in 2021, would you have taken Smith and Jigba or Addison? Oh boy. That, you know, so the 2021 seasons of both players was better than obviously their 2022s for Smith and Jigba, but even Jordan Addison's season was better at Pitt. That's a great question. Probably, oh man, probably Smith and Jigba by by a hair. Okay. I'm just saying, watch if they do go receiver, watch that one. Yeah, that's a great call. And uh, and maybe they don't go tight end, although do they have a tight end on their roster left? Uh, both one and two have left. They have Josh Degora, who was a former third-round pick. I think in that same draft that they got Jordan Love. Um, then they have Tyler Davis. And Nick Gugamos, who you know quite well, don't know who Nick Gugamos is. And Austin Allen is the last of the group. So they don't have a – they need help at tight end is the, what I'm trying to tell you. Yep. All right, we're going to group these. Uh, and don't forget about Branch either. They need a safety. Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, and He's the last one, right, before they fall off a little bit. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Branch because I'm going to group these and we're going to go groups of uh, let's go groups of three to start and then maybe I'll expand it so we can get through this thing. We're 40 minutes in. Oh, we got to move. Got to move. So Commanders at 16 are taking Devin Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback at Illinois. At 17, Good. the Steelers take Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. And then at 18, I'll mention this trade, Rick. Ravens move up and they move up from 22, I believe. Let me make sure they move up from 22 to get Quentin Johnston for presumably Lamar Jackson. And just so you have the details, Baltimore gets pick 18, and the Lions, again, are moving down. They're stockpiling picks. I guess their job. They get pick 22, and then they get a 2024 third rounder. So two third rounders in this first round, and um, they may end up getting the guys they wanted. So out of Witherspoon to Washington, Branch to Steelers, Quentin Johnson to Ravens, which one do you want to talk about? Um, Well, that's a dream scenario for the Ravens if Quentin Johnston falls there. Um, they got to move up, though. Cost them a third-round pick. Yeah, but they have no receivers, but I don't know uh, either. So, Or receiver. I don't want to get uh, Bateman upset with us. Yeah, don't get Rashad upset with you. He got upset at the uh, combine. Um, but they do need to add a receiver to what they do have. Um, I would flip. I would say that the Steelers still maybe go corner Ooh. first. Um, they got Pat P. They got Pat P, but that's a stopgap. They lost Cam Sutton. Yep, huge, huge. So that's a huge loss for them. Um, they've been building up their offensive line with Herberg and uh, Sayumalo uh, from Philly. That they hey, Debo, look, I know you don't like this, Rick, but I'm going to get Debo's thoughts. How do you feel like Isaac Sayumalo coming to Pittsburgh? He's a good player. He was the weak spot on that offensive line, but I think that speaks, right, that's to the, enough, uh, <laughs> that speaks to the offensive line. That's a good offensive line, best in football. I thought he was supposed to be a great assignment. A, a quarterback that can use his legs to avoid the pass rush makes it a better offensive line than uh, if they get exposed and you're dealing with a quarterback that is a pocket passer. So 
Debo, go back into your closet, find some merch <laughs> for our listeners, and we'll move on in life. Oh, man. I do love the the shift in dynamic on the show where you're less volatile towards me and more volatile towards Debo. I think that's... Oh, he keeps muscling his way into this. I asked him to come in. I didn't know he was going to say not nice things about Sam Milo. I thought he was going to give the same uh, pep talk that I gave him when the Steelers lost Javon Hargrave to Philadelphia, but no, no such luck. All right, let's do three more real quick, and then we'll take a break. Uh, 19, 20, and 21. At 19, the Buccaneers get Drew Sanders. Uh, they got um, Levante back on a one-year deal. He's in his 30s. Devin White, his contract's going to be up at the end of the season. So Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, the Buccaneers at 19. At 20, our guy Osiris Torrance, the offensive guard, goes to Seattle. And just to refresh your memory, they got Jalen Carter uh, at the top. So they get two big guys in the middle on both sides of the ball. Jalen Carter at five, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida at 20. And then I'll mention at 21, another mock trade. Jacksonville moves up from 24 to 21 to get Darnell right, right tackle. So they lost Jawan Taylor. And yes, they have uh, Walker Little out of Florida, uh, out of Stanford, excuse me, who played a little bit last year uh, on the left side when Cam Robinson got hurt. But the issue was he couldn't beat out Jawan Taylor for the job on the right side. So maybe he gets that opportunity here. But either way, I have him going to the Jaguars on a trade-up, in which case the Chargers trade down and they get pick number 24, and then they get 127, which is the fourth-round pick. So out of those picks, Drew Sanders to the Bucks, Osiris Tarns to the Seahawks, Darnell Wright to the Jaguars, which one catches your eye? I think I still think the uh, Bucks, uh, as all I, although I like Drew Sanders, I can't see them putting in money into a linebacker when they have other needs. Yep. I know they signed uh, Jamil Dean or Jamal Dean, the uh, corner back as well, but they do need corner help. And I would say if I was the Tampa and Deontay Banks was there, still there, I would have went with Deontay Banks there. Just He's still there. I, yeah. No, I like I it. It's a bigger need and a harder position to find. I get it. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and do picks 22 through 31. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. If you like what you hear on this podcast, check me out on the Pick 6 NFL podcast alongside Katie Mox, Will Brinson, and John Breach as we break down the NFL offseason, even talk a little draft over there, too. I'll be on most Thursdays. Download and follow Pick 6 wherever you find this podcast. That's a self-promoting thing, and you're supposed to be promoting with the first pick only. That's what the show is about. Rick, like Ron Burgundy, I will read anything you put in front of me. <laughs> so, Debo put that in front of me? I read it. <laughs> they don't just, have they don't have merch that Debo is going to give out, like with the first pick podcast merch, right? That's right. And by the way, if you want to see what the pick 
podcast merch live and in person. Just watch uh, watch Rick and I from the pro days because we'll be sporting our with, with the first pick t shirt, uh, collared shirts, golf shirts. Excuse we me. only had one, but <laughs> we got to share it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got to last for three days. So we'll be yeah, washing the shirts in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, pick 22. We'll do, let's do four here, four to chunk. So this is the Lions trade down again. They trade down earlier. In the first round, they got a third rounder. They're trading down again here with the Ravens. The Ravens moved up, remember, to get Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver. They get another third round pick. Now they sit at 22, and they're taking cornerback Deontay Banks. Now, I made this mock draft after knowing that Cam Sutton had been signed, before C.J. Gardner-Johnson was signed. You said you can never have enough edge rushers and cornerbacks. They got Miles Murphy. Is that who they took earlier? I think no, they Tyree Wilson. Tyree okay. Wilson, excuse me. They got Tyree Wilson early, and now they have... Deontay Banks, the cornerback you just mentioned out of Maryland. So tell me what you think about that pick, and then we'll get Give to Give them an A-plus and move on in life. They uh, just helped their defense tremendously. Uh, and, and teaming him up with uh, now uh, Gardner-Johnson and, and Sutton and uh, bringing this kid into the fold, who I think is a physical – he's going to fit a Dan Campbell f- football player yeah. mentality because I think this kid is tough as nails willing to support, ex- excellent in coverage athletically, does need technique work, uh, but he'd be a perfect fit, and I would be jumping up and down if I was Detroit coming out of this first round with uh, Banks and Wilson. Not you, well, Tyree. Me too. So when you go to the um, press conference to talk to the media after you make the second pick here, and the first question is, how many edge rushers, how many cornerbacks do you need on this roster? What's your response? As many as I can get. And you're fine with that, Never right? have enough. Yeah. Okay. All righty. And look, it's crazy to say this. It's not like the Lions have a ton of deeds. Like they are in a great spot where you can, uh, I don't call it best player available, but these players obviously help and they help your team immediately. So it's not like you have a glaring hole in, in one specific area that you have to address no matter what. They're doing it the right way. They're building it and then just building on top of it each year and each year. And you're seeing the results now. I agree. All right. Now we're going to do a chunk, a couple chunks here. So 23, your guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to the Vikings at 24. Again, another trade. Who made all these stupid trades? Uh, this is part of the Jacksonville trade when Jacksonville moved up to get Darnell Wright. The Chargers moved down. They're taking Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame here. At 25, we'll do these three, and you can pick which one you want to talk about here. The Chiefs trade up from 31 to 25 to get Dewan Jones, the enormous right tackle out of Ohio State. And in case you're wondering, the Giants move down here. They get pick 31, and they get pick 122 and 217 as well to move down six spots. Can you explain to me and the rest of the people <laughs> out there listening how you come up with these scenarios on the oh. trades? And are you using a value chart? Would it be a lot easier if we knew how, instead of just randomly pulling things out of the air, <laughs> how do you study this to say that this is, uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, you asked. Go on with me and uh, 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 Charles Davis on uh, trying to get his uh, extras on a Hallmark movie. That, that, that little thing there. You yeah. like my acting? Yeah, yeah, that was great. But that's a great with this because no one knows. You're sitting there. I'm assuming you're doing research and you're pulling things up and you're studying charts and things, but no one knows. You're just coming up with these picks. And Rick, that's the beauty of the internet. But no, that is, a, that is a good question. And I will tell you exactly how, because our guy, RJ White, he used to be the draft editor, and now he does Sportsline. He does uh, the gambling show with Prisco and, and Will Brinson on Thursdays during the season. He came up with this 
trade value chart. It's a spreadsheet. Everything on spreadsheets these days, Rick. And he went through all the historical data to see which trades had happened previously. And he put it into this little uh, beep, 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 computer. I'm doing my Dave Gettleman here. Yeah, and, you just keep rolling. You, you can <laughs> offer so much more to the public than than just a draft analyst. So I will. I will. And a share. fine one at that. A fine young draft analyst. <laughs> Thank you. I will share with you the the the, the spreadsheet of, about how he comes up with those, and it's just based on historical data. So there's no opinion in it. But to your point, you said it doesn't account for the fact that if you're trading up for a quarterback, that's going to that's gonna up the price of poker, so to speak. And so I just put that in there, and these seemed reasonable. The, the point value sort of evened out in terms of uh, one side and the other, and that's why I went in that direction. But, of course. Yeah, and as you dig into further, historically has the trades that you are proposing matched up with the trades that have happened in the past. No, that's right, and that's uh, that's uh, obviously important. Yes or no? Have you looked at that? Oh, um, I haven't looked at that, man. I got I don't, only twenty four hours in a day, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! Well, you just take one of those twenty four hours and try to okay, yeah, look at this, and oh yeah, this reminds me. This is what this team did, and this chart is pretty pretty uh, spot yeah. on. I did it with the first round. I mean, I sent you the you and Debo the list of all the first round trade ups of the quarterbacks just to give us an idea of what that looked like and the the hit rate, and that that's not a fun chart to look at if you're a team trading up for a quarterback, but that's a conversation. No, for another the podcast. values of those trades add up, take the player out of it. So if you want to do a Trubisky deal, what oh, was yeah. the value of that compared to what your chart would say this year you would have to do? You know what? We talked about this on the uh, previous podcast when we talked about the 49ers moving up from 12 to three and the picks that were involved. One of those picks was uh, Micah Parsons. Yep. And uh, the, the two other picks that Cole Strange, I think was another pick. And so you, you do the math there, and the Trey Lance thing didn't work out for San Francisco just because Trey hasn't played. But yeah, uh, that's, that. that is uh, that's a great point. I, I, can't, I can't say it enough. You, I think you'd be pretty good at this general manager thing. <laughs> I, I, I like doing this better. It's a lot, a lot less stress. Oh well, that's good. Even, but, but apparently, it's a lot uh, pretty hard stress on you. The no, this is the not. Uh, the hairline keeps going back and back on every show. <laughs> it it is a race to the back of my head. Let me tell you. All right, so we mentioned those picks there. You didn't talk about any of them. Um, so yeah, I was like enamored by the point thing that people listen to you, but yet you don't have an explanation or, or a response <laughs> on why. We only have I an hour. Sure. Know why? That would be the first thing I would ask you. All right. Well, I'll send you the the spreadsheet, and then we can we can go from there. But that's where our, our guy RJ White did it. Okay. And um, he does he does good work. You would actually appreciate working with him. So uh, quickly, Vikings, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chargers get Michael Mayer, the tight end. Chiefs get Dewan Jones. Any one of those? Yeah, the, the one is that you're assuming that they're going to take Dewan Taylor and move him to the left if they're going to do uh, Dewan yeah. Jones on the right. So, uh, but that's the question. Okay, we just paid this guy ex huge amounts of money. Now they did it with uh, Orlando Brown, so I think they're envisioning the same thing with Taylor taking a right tackle and playing him over to the left side, but will he be as effective on the left side as he was on the right? And that is the ultimate question. All right. So let's do, we'll do five picks here and then I'll save the last one. Cause I want to get your thoughts on that. So at pick 26, the Cowboys take Luke Musgrave, the tight end at Oregon state. We don't know what's going on with Dalton Schultz. He may end up in, in with the charges where Kellen Moore is because they need a tight end as well. And that would obviously change the decision to draft Michael Mayer. 27, the Bills take B. John Robinson. Uh, they only have James Cook and Naeem Hines on the roster. They need help at running back, so to speak. I don't think James Cook is an every down back. 
At 28, the Bengals take Keely Ringo, the cornerback out of Georgia. They've lost a ton of guys. If Brian Branch is here, they're sprinting to the podium to take him because they lost both their safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. And at 29, the Saints take Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Uh, you pair him with Crystal Labe. Uh, they need help in the slot. They they lost um, – what's the guy? Jarvis Landry's not there. He didn't have a great career when he was there. And then at 30 – now I'll get your thought on this, if you, unless you want to talk about one of the others. There's Brian Brzee. He shows up for the Eagles at 30. We'll see if he lasts this long because, as you mentioned, he was off the radar during the fall because he didn't have a great season on tape. There are a lot of mitigating factors to that. But here he is at 30, fills a huge need in Philadelphia to go along with Miles Murphy, who they took at 10. Okay, if Debo's listening and he sticks his head out of the closet where he works from, yeah. I will put a dollar bet that Brazil will be gone, long gone before Philadelphia picks here right. at third. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take that bet. That's fine. I'm going to chime in. Ryan, I feel like you need to push back sometimes and set like an alternative line because 30, like you low. need to set it at like 24 and a half, 22 hey, hey, and a half. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, no comments from the peanut gallery. You just sit there and produce the show and make merch and uh, don't give. It's not like let's, let's team up against Rick. It sounds like uh, all my scouts and coaches when I was in the draft room. Hey, let's team up against Rick. He's making these dollar bets. And no one's up on Brian's behalf. All right. Next time, Debo, just send me a private message to say that. Then I'll, I'll go that way. Don't tell Rick that what our plan is. I'll take the dollar bet. That's fine, Rick. Um, yeah. So what do you think about the idea of Brzee and Miles Murphy going to Philly? Does that solve a, a lot of problems? Oh, what? yeah, that's a no-brainer, but that ain't reality. So you're getting we'll the reality here. And if the Saints didn't take Brzee there, they would be making a mistake. They don't. I understand they got uh, Alave. They, they re-signed Thomas. Uh, they may need another receiver, but they lost some defensive tackles. They signed Sanders from Kansas City, Shepard from – Yeah, they signed a couple guys, though. But – there's no depth behind those guys, and you have to rotate your right. defensive line. You can't have defensive linemen out there for 60 snaps a game. They will wear down. So <laughs> teams that have a rotation on their defensive line uh, are the ones that end up going farther because the guys stay healthier. Look at the rotation that Philly had last year. Mm. Um, so I, I cannot see why the Saints would not take Brzee if he was this far down on the draft board. All right. You talk me into it. Okay, finally, then we'll get out of here. I want to get your thoughts specifically on this. This is the trade where the Giants moved down with the Chiefs in the in the mock draft scenario, and they moved down to 31, and they pulled old Rick Spielman. They wanted the fifth-year option. They desperately need a center. Look, there are three or four centers that we all like. John Michael Schmitz, Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. Uh, Steve Avila might end up playing center. We'll see out of TCU. He can play in the interior, of course. And then uh, Luke Whipler out of Ohio State. Those guys are all get drafted probably day two. But fifth year option. I went with John Michael Schmitz because because you like him, and he fills a huge need in the middle of that offense for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Where are you at on that? Yeah, well, I love this kid. I think he's a very good football player. I think he he's been trending upward through the Senior Bowl. Uh, worked out well enough at the combine. He's never going to win the uh, gold medal in the shorts workout. But <laughs> this guy can move people off the line of scrimmage, both in the run game, excellent in pass protection. I think this guy is a plug-and-play starter right away. So I would be very excited if I were the Giants and had this pick. And I haven't signed anyone in free agency on the interior to go with the two left tackles that I have in place. I need to start building up that interior. We're going to run the ball right now because we have Barkley franchised 
So this kid is a tone setter up front and would definitely help the Giants. Man, Debo, this might be the best episode yet. Well, it's because you're using all my picks now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, whatever it takes. Am I right? God forbid you use anyone else's picks because then that's (laughs) when you get in trouble. But at least we're getting on the same page closer and closer we get to this draft. I will take it. Uh, All right. That's it, uh, Rick. That's a wrap on episode 26. Remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We appreciate you. And the next time we talk, it'll be from the road. Thanks to Rick. Thanks to Debo. See you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.